This is the WMSC interview of Lich King singer Tom Martin by Nick Perkel. I noticed you were working on your fourth album, Born of the Bomb, and got to hear the demos of Wage Slave and Combat Mosh. How are these songs developing? Okay, the, the songs are done. The, um, we still have a lot of sections to rewrite. Now and then when you write a song, you realize that you have accidentally ripped something off. Sometimes, you know, I write the songs and uh, Brian and everybody give a listen to them and they give their opinions. Sometimes they point out that a riff is exactly like some other song, which, you know, happens a lot more often than you would think. And this time I ripped myself off. So in uh, one of the songs, I think it was a, yeah, it was a song called Axe Cop based on the webcomic. And someone pointed out, you know, this riff is exactly like the riff that you did in Combat Mosh. And they played both back to back and it was really embarrassing. I ripped myself off. So the, the songs are just about done, but there's, there's, just a, there's a lot of combing out you have to do to get all the, the gnarls out of the hair. What a weird way to put that. I see. So what would you say you're ripping off more? Like recent stuff or like uh, World Gone Dead and like Toxic Zombie Onslaught stuff? I would say I'm ripping, up, ripping off myself um, more recently. You know, the end of the writing of World Gone Dead, like that's that's the place where I am right now in a writing style, and that's the uh, style that I keep on ripping off of myself. Like, I see. For example, the the riff that happens at the end of Behavior, which is this, I think, a fun, crazy party riff mosh thing, I kind of rip that rhythm off a few more times. It may return a few times. It's a little embarrassing. I remember seeing that uh, Jeff Potts and Ben uh, Motsman have been doing live work for some time with your band. Are they contributing to the writing of uh, One of the Bomb? Nope. They were only with us through the tour, which was only 16 days. So once that was done, I never saw them again, and I still haven't. So, uh, yeah, they're, the people that we have in the band are contributing a little bit of writing, and it's always been kind of my thing. I'm, I'm kind of a dick that way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's my thing, I'm writing it. And I take control of the writing, and now and then something will get fixed, and it'll be somebody else's idea. And, you know, for the first time, we're going to have riffs that aren't mine in an album. But, yeah, so the writing influence from anybody else is kind of scant, and I feel like a dick saying it that way. Any possibilities of maybe having a guest vocalist on any songs, like maybe Mantic Rituals, Dan Wetmore, or Witchhaven Henry? Yes, we, in fact, just asked a certain vocalist if he would like to contribute to one of the songs, and he said yes. And he's from a band from the 80s. East Coast or West Coast? Shit, you know, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> uh, all I know is that he lives in the middle of the country now, so I don't even know if that counts. But originally, I think they might have been West Coast. On your song, Ed 209, about Robocop, you had that on your last album. You plan on any more 80s-type songs? No, um... There, I haven't had the inspiration to do any more movie-based songs or anything. You know, not that I don't like that sort of thing, but it's it just didn't occur to me. And a lot of the bands these days are just doing silly songs based around movies. And once I realized the trend was happening, I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's not so cute to make those. But if if I were inspired to, I certainly would. But that song that I just mentioned, Axe Cop, is you know based around a an online comic that happens. It's written by a seven-year-old kid, and <sighs> That's that's the closest thing we're going to have to an Ed 209 on this one. It's just a song about a comic that is written by a child about a police officer that uses an axe to chop off bad guys' heads. How have the writing sessions been for uh, the Lich King 4 song? 
uh, frustrating. Very frustrating because we're we're we keep on rewriting a lot of the riffs in that, and we've got the you know the general skeleton of it. It's not definite, and everything keeps changing. And we recorded guitars for it the other day, but the whole solo section is still kind of a this amorphous, mushy blob that needs to take shape. Your band has uh, previously recorded covers of Exodus, Violence, as well as Slayer songs. What would be a uh, direction you'd like to go with a cover in the future? Um, I just, oh, you know I had an answer for this and now I don't. Oh, damn it. Oh, yeah, okay, the first song I want to cover, and I want to cover this badly, is uh, Agent Steel, Agents of Steel. I really want to do that one because I can do that high-pitched scream. Mm-hmm. People don't think I can, but I can. Aside from that, I think uh, I always have tons of ideas for things I want to cover, and none of them are coming to mind, but I always have this weird romantic notion of taking a song that's not metal at all and just meddling it up. Like, old dirty bastard got your money or something. Let's see. <laughs> now, what kind of direction are you going with the lyrics of your songs for this upcoming album? Uh, still staying pretty much in the same realm. You know, sometimes silly, sometimes semi-serious, and um, probably trying to throw a bit more poetry into the lyrics these days. I'm trying to, you know, make it so that when you read the lyrics, it kind of reads nicely and pops and isn't just about the cadence when you're screaming it. But otherwise, it's it's all just the same old crap. Monsters and violence and silly stuff. If you were going to make a music video out of one of your songs, what would you want to do it with? Like picking live footage that was previously recorded or like making like a short animated movie? I would much prefer to make a short animated movie. Um, I would go with live footage if we looked particularly awesome, but we don't. That's just a, you know, not that we're bad live. It's just that we don't do that much that looks interesting. If you make a cool animated thing, that would fit our style much more. There's a band called Thrash or Die they recorded a video of one of their songs with puppets and the puppets are just doing horrible violence on each other. And it's a good song. And it's one of the most interesting. It's, I call it the best thrash metal video I've ever seen. It makes me mad that they got to the puppets idea before I did, because if I had thought of that, I, and if I had a puppets resource to exploit, I certainly would have done that. And now I curse them. Would you say maybe, um, in like future shows of yours or like maybe for videos as well, like you'd maybe want to do, um, Stuff like Ghoul and Guar do with like a bunch of like monsters and stuff on stage. Yeah, that was an idea I heard early on, <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't go with this. But the idea was to have like a not a stage show, but you know, costumes and have the whole mythology of the the Lich King come out and be on stage. Like the the other players are his zombie minions, and I'm just dressed up with a crown. and And I'm glad I walked away from that idea because that's embarrassing. Okay. On your uh, tour last year for uh, the van tour, what are some things you feel like you really learned? The most important thing I guess I learned would be that I like touring. I was afraid that I wouldn't because, you know, I'm kind of a private person. I like having my decompression time to myself. And if you're with just a bunch of dudes for two weeks in a van, that's kind of you don't know how you're going to take it. And I, I learned that about myself, that I don't mind that so much. And the second thing I learned, and I recommend this to all touring bands, McDonald's parking lots. Do it. Wi-Fi, coffee in the morning. Yeah, 
So I, everything I'd heard from people was do Walmart parking lots because they're not going to kick you out. No, go to McDonald's parking lots. They're just better. Can you remember any good stories about how uh, the tour went? Touring is kind of like a vacation in that it's just a series of stories holding hands. And I'm trying to pick out any good ones. Uh, we, we opened for a Diamond Plate on their, their album release show. And there were like four or 500 people just raging throughout this big place. It was Reggie's in Chicago. We destroyed the place and everybody liked it. And we sold a ton of merch. And it was one of the greatest nights ever. Then the next night, it's just back to the same old thing where we're driving through Indiana. And we stop at a bar where there's like three people and we set up everything and nobody cares. That's my great story. When you're on tour, what was your band's favorite thing to eat? Um, we didn't really have any set thing that we would go to. We had planned early on to always have uh, bread and sandwich stuff on the bus. We had a fridge, so we thought to ourselves that, like, well, well, we'll eat healthy and we'll just have, you know, stuff that we can live on in the bus. And we wound up eating crap in every single city. If we went to Philadelphia, we tried to find a cheesesteak. If we went to the south somewhere, we were looking for biscuits and gravy. We were kind of horrible people that way. And I think that we, we would all agree that the best thing that we ate would be in Buffalo, which was um, Mighty Taco. It's just this chain of taco places, and we stopped in after a show. So maybe that's it. Maybe we were just starving and played out. But these tacos made love to our mouths. Go, do go on about these Mighty Tacos, though. What were they like? Um, they were kind of like uh, pixie dust shaken inside of a taco shell. And then, I don't know, I don't have any other wacky terms to put on. Um, no, they were just, they were, you know, I'm not real Mexican food people, so I can't tell you it, it tasted like a real taco. But having lived on Taco Bell tacos all my life, I can tell you that it was actually really, really good. And I'm not doing a great job at selling Mighty Taco, but I, I really quite enjoyed it. Now, where do you see your band hitting first, Canada or Mexico? Well, we have done Canada already, so that whole race is won. Poor Mexico was left behind, and we went to Canada. And we're planning to go to Canada again in the next few months. We don't know when. We don't We don't really know the details. All that thing is that's, that's kind of amorphous, too. That's It needs to get settled. I don't know what's going on with that. But uh, we're planning to go to Canada again soon and spend this $35 that I have sitting here from the last time. You hear this? That's Canadian money that's been sitting on my dresser, and I have nothing to do with it, so I'm looking forward to spending this. So what was it like when your band was in Canada? Yeah, I, that was my first time being in Canada, really, so I had, you know, you, you're going to another country, you're kind of having big, ex ex bleh, just tripped over the word, expectations of, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful, different place, it's a whole different country, and it was pretty much the same thing, except everybody spoke French. And the women were prettier, and the um, the convenience stores were called Kushtard. <laughs> yeah, so aside from that, everything was it was pretty much the same. And then uh, as to how Canada treated us, they were all very nice, but when we went up on stage, everybody just stood around and stared and didn't move. And that was kind of heartbreaking. That's brutal. It's not so bad, it's just... Afterwards, I, I was like, what happened? I, th I thought they'd like us. And they said, oh, yeah, they, they did. But Montreal's very cold to bands that they don't know. So next time, they'll really like you. I see. Yeah, it's depressing. 
what are your favorite ways to like promote your band? Um, my favorite way that's probably obvious to anyone that follows me at all is I, I'm all over the Facebook page. I'm always promoting through there, and I'm always kind of a the guy that runs promotion on there with an iron fist. And I actually get other bands writing to me to ask if I can give them tips. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't, because I'm stingy with my tips. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I like to do the most promotion, because that's it's where promotion gets the most done. There are other like shittier promotion on. Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Use okay. any fucks or shits or assholes you want. Oh my goodness, I would never use that. But there are other shittier venues for promotion, like Twitter, where you know I've I've been on there for a year and a half or whatever, trying to get things going and. That is the cruddiest, crappiest place to try to promote. So pretty much I just – these days I kind of use that as a stand-up stage and the few followers I've gotten, I just kind of ramble off and say something funny and I don't care about promoting there at all. Do you worry like with Twitter it's just like a bunch of people just trying to get you to follow themselves by following you? Yeah, but it's not as bad as YouTube where every video that's of no value at all has subscribe – at the beginning of it. Why would I subscribe just because you told me to, sir? Give me something of value. Show me that you're going to deliver again. Then I'll subscribe. Yeah, Twitter's Twitter's pretty useless. You ever use any other message boards besides thrashunlimited.com for promotion? Um, I used to, and these days there aren't a lot of message boards where it's worth promoting. Um, in case any of you message board people heard that, I'm sorry. Um, there's the Exodus board where I go sometimes. There's ukthrash.co.uk. Um, and that's about it. There are other message boards out there, but there's, I don't, I haven't found a lot of worth in spending any time on any others. Knowing that you have a large background in making album covers for bands, what would be one album cover that, if you were given the chance to redo just because you just don't like it, what would you pick and how would you change it? I have a definite answer for that. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was approached by a band called Midian, M-I-D-I-N. I, what? I misspelled that. M-I-D-I-A-N. And um, I did an album cover for them. And these days, every time I look at it, I shudder because I feel like oh, they deserve better. They paid for a, an album cover, and that's what I gave them. And it's not that I – sorry, I just spilled a bunch of change. It's not that I cheese them on the job. It's just that I thought it was good at the time, and now I look at it, and I think that is really – that's some god-awful shit that I gave them, and they used that for an album cover, and now I feel really bad. So I have that hanging over my head like guilt. So I guess if I would redo that these days, I would, uh... I would... I'd... I'd, I'd redo everything. I can't think of anything about that album cover that I wouldn't do a different way. I see. That how far are you with uh, progressing along with the new Lich King album cover for Born of the Bomb? That is pretty much done for now. Uh, by the time we release it, I might have thought of a couple of more changes. So I don't know, but for now it is done, which makes me very excited because having a done album cover is a happy thing. Now, what does this album cover look like? It is green. We've had a color theme with each of the album so far the first was blue the second was kind of pinkish purplish the third was orange and now it's green 
I don't know why. It just is. Um, it's out there. It's it's. I think if you Google "Born of the Bomb," it might pop up. But it's the king standing with his back to the camera, facing a mushroom cloud through which is rising um, a character in the new story, which is uh, we're we're just calling him the Nucleomancer. He's yeah, he's a big bad guy, and there's gonna be a fight. And are you going to do anything with, like, that kind of, like, crazy mosh guy meme that you have, like, in a number of different uh, Lich King pictures as of late? No, no. I, I, I don't know if legally we can do anything with that. Like, that's just some dude that showed up in Virginia Beach. We don't even know who he is. We don't know <laughs> if we have permission to use his face on anything. Like, people are saying, make shirts with him. And I'm like, I, d- I don't know if we can. I mean, um, I'm glad people enjoy him so much, but... I, I don't know. Maybe I should get in contact with someone who knows, you know, the law about imagery on shirts and things like that and see if I can get away with putting his face on a shirt because people want to, people seem to want that. And if I could make a Lich King shirt with that guy's face on it, like that old Anthrax knot shirt with that mustache dude face yeah. knot, I would – I think I would have to do that. I noticed you had uh, World Gone Dead sold by two Japanese mail-order sites – Rock Avenue and Rockstack Records. How do you feel about breaking into the Japanese record market? Um, I would like to tell you I'm not ambivalent about it, but that's kind of the way it is. I haven't, I don't ever really hear anything from people in Japan. I've heard from Rockstack Records that they really like our stuff, and I, you know, that's great to hear. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, we we never hear anything out of Japan, so I I can't really say what it feels like. Is there any interest brewing with any other foreign uh, retailers for distribution of your music? No idea. If if there is, they don't contact me. And I kind of I run the email, so I don't know. We never get anybody writing about distribution. We used to have it when we were with Stormspell Records. They used to handle all the distribution for us, and that was great. And now that we're kind of striking out more on our own, we're doing all right, except we're screwed on distribution because we, we don't know anything about it. We don't have anybody that does anything we're fortunate in that we have we have a guy that knows album production and recording we have a guy that knows art promotion we do not have someone who knows anything about distribution or business so on that side we are we are just kind of screwed but that's okay what is something that you feel like you're reaching for as a musician but you're not quite there yet that's tough well something i'm reaching for as a musician and i'm not there yet i I kind of half want to say credibility, but I don't think that's on me as a musician. I think that's just public perception. I kind of want to be accepted as a genuine threat to thrash metal, and I feel like a like a lot of people, mostly in England, don't take us seriously. You know, because we're if you're a band that makes joke songs and you don't take things that seriously all the time, then you're not going to be treated as a genuine force. And I guess that that's kind of part of the risk, but, uh, I would like to be treated as I kind of trailed off there, but I would like something. I don't know. I just want to, I just want credibility. Sorry. I kind of rambled there. Closing things off. Where do you see your band 50 years from now? Um, I'll probably be dead. (laughs) Um, hopefully the other guys will be dead. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think 
I don't have any illusions about, you know, we'll we'll be remembered and we'll you know people will be talking about us and we'll be part of the new big five or six or whatever. I just kind of my hope for the future is that uh, once we're gone and done, that people will kind of hold us up to a position in the annals of history. You know, like you you have your uh, your sepulturas and your Vikings and morbid saints and you know you kind of put a value on their hierarchy and everybody remembers who's where and what their place is and i kind of hope we've earned a place in the pantheon somewhere that's all i really hope i hope it works out that way thanks a lot this has been the wmsc interview of lich king singer tom martin by nick perkel thank you